Hey Outlaws, welcome to episode number 40. Today, we are going to be talking about bro marketing, and I'm going to be sharing with you my specific definition of bro marketing, what it is, where it can show up in our businesses, both as business owners and marketers and content creators, but also as consumers and customers and clients of other people. I'm going to be sharing with you some of the things we can be looking for, both in our own marketing and our own strategies, again, but also as customers and consumers, some of the things that we can be aware of and recognize as we navigate this journey. And I came across an article by the B2B marketer. They're talking about bro marketing tactics. And they say, Bro marketing can be summed up simply as aspiration marketing using inflated imagery or statements to present a desirable future or unmissable value. And they're not wrong. Bro marketing is always aspirational. It's always rooted in, if I can do it, so can you. Anyone can do this. Which is really toxic and harmful And it's a narrative we see time and time again across industries and across niches. Bro marketing does not inspire anything other than fear. It doesn't inspire us to be the best version of ourselves. It's aspirational. It's telling us that we can do what they're doing. And it often tells us that we have to do it the exact same way, that there is only one framework and you can't deviate from that framework. And if you question it, then you're wrong or you're trying to challenge the expert. Well, I think all of that is complete bullshit, which is why we're doing today's episode. We're going to be diving into what bro marketing is. But before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to let you know about a really fun new episode format we're going to have coming in September. And I wanted to invite you to get involved. So for the longest time, I have been talking about outlaw moments and we have shared a few times over on our Instagram feed, what would outlaw do, right? What would an outlaw do? Uh, hashtag WWOD. And we've talked about different, different roadblocks, different struggles that we experience as entrepreneurs. One of the most recent ones that I posted was what would an outlaw do when something feels too easy? Which sounds really contradictory, right? Because, but it's easy, so it should be fine. But actually in my experience, when things feel easy, we tend to overcomplicate. And we try to overcompensate and we try to add all these extra things and we get really hard on ourselves because it's, it should be better or more perfect. So from September, we're going to be introducing some great episodes. They're going to be at least monthly segments and they're going to be outlaw episodes. And I'm going to be asking the question, what would an outlaw do? And then I'm going to bring you topics and thoughts and struggles and things that we experience as entrepreneurs. And I'm going to be answering the question, what would an outlaw do? What would an outlaw do when they feel, when they're comparing themselves to somebody else online? What would an outlaw do when they have a flop launch? Most of these things are going to come from my own experience. (laughs) And I'm recording some of these episodes over the summer. And I would love for you to get involved. I would love if you're listening to this and you have things that you're struggling with in your business right now, love for you 
to come on over to Instagram, entrepreneurial underscore outlaws, or send me an email, hello at melanienights.com. Come over and let me know. What do you want to know about? What would you love me to answer? What's something that's on your mind that you would like to know? How would an outlaw deal with this? And I have a few episodes planned, a few ideas brewing, but I would also love to get your feedback and know what you really want to hear. What do you want to know? So let me know your thoughts and we're going to start airing these episodes from September. But today, let's dive into episode 40 where we're going to be talking about what bro marketing is, defining it and starting to unpack it. You're listening to Entrepreneurial Outlaws, a podcast for creatives, introverts, empaths, and spiritual folks who want to grow a sustainable and impactful business on their own terms. We're here to meet you at the intersection of strategy, spirituality, and self-inquiry so that we can create our own versions of success and grow businesses that serve our personal goals and creativity just as much as it serves our audiences. Together, we are paving the way for a new normal in online business, one that allows you to lean into what makes you and your business unique. And I'm your host, Melanie Knights, storyteller and outlaw mentor with a nose for the bullshit. I'm here to help you unpack the bro marketing strategies and entrepreneurial myths that lead us to overthink our business decisions because overthinking is a feminist issue. The antidote, your intuition. So get ready as each week we have the messy, honest and transparent conversations about entrepreneurship, the kind that's missing from the highlight reels of our social media feeds. We're uncovering the real stories behind what it takes to run a sustainable online business on your own terms, the highs, the lows, and everything in between. Ready to break the rules and become an entrepreneurial outlaw? Let's do this. Okay, so let's talk about bro marketing. It's important to note that bro marketing is not a recent phenomenon, right? It didn't just start to suddenly appear in the last six to 12 months. If we look back at marketing over the last decades, we've likely all experienced or heard of bro marketing in some kind of form, even before we had online businesses, even before we had the internet. It could have been in the form of car salespeople. They always get a bad a bad reputation, door-to-door salespeople, and even cold callers. One of the more recent forms of bro marketing that I've experienced in person is when going to buy a new phone and a contract. At least here in the UK, when you go to the store to buy a new phone and contract, it always feels very uncomfortable. It's like that situation that you just don't want to, you just don't want to go there because you know that they're going to probably talk to your husband or someone else instead of you. And they're going to treat you like you don't know what you're doing. And that's been my experience. And you just, you have to be so careful of what you're signing in and you have to double check everything. And it's such a shame that that's the experience. I've also experienced this as a employee when I was in my corporate career, a company that I worked for, um, they had sales bonuses, but we were not allowed to call them (laughs) sales targets or bonuses. That's not what they were. That is what they were, but we weren't allowed to call them that. So the idea that we would sell products and the more expensive the product was, so therefore the more money the company made or received, the more bonus the individual would get right? The more it would, it would, the more it would contribute towards their target. 
and you were like graded almost on how much you would make and you were given a financial bonus at the end of every quarter based on that number. Well, if that's not a sales target and a bonus, I don't know what is, but that was an experience I actually had firsthand. And let me tell you, I hated it. (laughs) I absolutely hated it, but that's a story for another day. The point being that bro marketing is not a recent phenomenon. Yes, calling it bro marketing, that's more recent, but it didn't just suddenly start to happen. It's been around for decades and it's been taught through corporations and sales teams over and over again. And then as we saw the rise of online business and more specifically online business coaching, we naturally started to see this occur in the online space too. Now, it's also important to recognize that bro marketing is actually not gender specific, right? These marketing tactics are actually used by various genders. But if we go back to the beginning of online marketing and business, it seems to start with a small group of people and that group of people happen to identify as male using business coaching tactics, NLP tactics, and they still, te- they still tend to dominate their industry, right? They dominate their industry still. So over the last year and a half, I spent a lot of time investigating bro marketing, looking into it, trying to understand my own experience, talking to other people about theirs. I've heard so many stories and I really wanted to find a hard definition of what bro marketing is. And there's a few people talking about it in the online space, but there's no clear definition. And when I sat down to think about what bro marketing is and how we can define it, I realized that there isn't one definition and that actually we have two ways that we have to define it. The first is that it's calculated and manipulative marketing that preys on people's insecurities and it uses their trauma and their fears to scare them into buying something. This isn't just on sales calls. We see this in advertising, on Instagram feeds, Facebook groups, wherever it might be. We see it in email funnels, in email sequences. We see it in tripwires, upsells and downsells and click funnels. We see it across a business. It's calculated because it doesn't happen by accident. It's been taught through these circles and then it's used with intention. It is calculated. It's manipulative because they know it works and they know that if they keep doing it, they will continue to make more and more money. It preys on people's insecurities because it's feeding into our worst fears, right? Imagine some, Imagine your worst fears, the things that you think about yourself that you, know, that you maybe don't like or you're insecure about. And someone else is actively putting these things out there for the whole world to see. Somebody else is actively using your insecurities and fears on social media posts, in an email funnel. They're using them on sales pages so that you will be so afraid that you will buy something. An example of this that I always come back to, and it's not just in business because it's across industries and niches. An example of this is in the diet culture industry. The only way diet culture exists is because we have been told that being fat is the worst thing you could be, right? That is at the very core of it. That's what we've been told. So the idea of being fat or whatever you want to use, whatever term you want to use, terrifies most people. And so it's very easy to market weight loss. 
It's very easy to market diets, right? That's why this industry continues to make so much money because it's so easy to prey on people's insecurities. Because for decades, we have been told that we don't want to be this way and that you are this way. You should be ashamed of yourself. So they continue to prey on this, using your trauma and fears to scare you into buying something. We also know that it doesn't work. So if you continue through that cycle, you continue spending money on something that continues to not work. Funnily enough, this is what also happens in the business coaching industry, right? This is what continues to happen in the business coaching industry because so often the results that are promised are for very few. They're not going to happen for the majority of people. They're like the top 1% of customers or clients But when we try it and it doesn't work and we're told, well, you didn't do it or you didn't want it hard enough, you've got limiting beliefs, we keep investing, we keep spending money to continue to try to get these results, right? We continue spending money on something that isn't working. So the second way or the second definition of bro marketing is scripted sales tactics that often encourage someone to get into debt to make a payment promising unrealistic and privileged results that do not take into cancer that do not take into account someone's unique circumstances i have both experienced these sales tactics and unfortunately i have used these sales tactics even when i was like sweating on a call and i hated them i used them because time and time again i was told this is what works this is what works and i'm sure it does but it didn't work for me because I hated it. I was so uncomfortable. So these scripted sales tactics, they're on calls. They're often done in a way where we, where the coach or the person who's running the business is manipulating the customer or client. They're manipulating the conversation. They will, they won't actually coach the person. They will just repeat what the person has said back to them, right? This is a really common tactic used. You just repeat back to the person. And there are people that works for, right? But there are also many of us who will go, that's what I just said. Because this is a really common tactic used among business coaches to just repeat back the same thing, right? Giving the illusion that you understand the person. Because they're like, yeah, I I feel that way too, That's because you just said it. They promise unrealistic and privileged results, right? This often looks like, again, that kind of top 1% of students or clients who get results, who get these amazing results. Like I made six figures in my first month or I paid back the program in two weeks. Does this happen? I'm sure it does. Does it happen for everyone? Absolutely not. And they don't take into consideration into account someone's unique circumstances. You can't talk about bro marketing without talking about privilege, right? You cannot talk about bro marketing without talking about privilege because a majority of these businesses in that top percent who both get these results or continue to coach these results, there is privilege. I always think of the Maybelline advert, right? You know, maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's Maybelline. It's like, maybe it's manifestation, Maybe it's just privilege. 
right? Most of the time it is just privilege. It's not actually manifestation. It's actually just privilege. So we have to be aware of this as consumers, but also as business owners. So what does this look like, right? What does bro marketing look like? It's often driven by money. Look, we all need to make an income. Money's great, not complaining about it. But the difference is that when something is driven by money, that's the only thing, right? This is what we see when we see the six-figure benchmark. We see businesses that talk, talk, and talk about how much money they're making. They they do their like income reports or whatever it is. Like nobody's doing an income report for $150 a month, right? They're all like making six figures or however much money, right? So they do the income reports or they talk about money or they they call themselves a six-figure coach or I help seven-figure business owners scale to eight figures, you know, that kind of stuff. It's driven by money and that's the sole purpose of their marketing. They're promising more money, which is really unrealistic because nobody can promise you more money unless they're hiring you and they're going to actually pay you that. Because more money, the money that you make, the income you make is based on what you do. So again, taking into consideration unique circumstances, if you can't actually follow the framework or perhaps the framework doesn't fit into your life, well, then you're not going to get that result. So we need to be really cautious when we look at anything that's driven by money. Okay. Look through that. Is there anything else in there or is it just about how much money you're going to make? They use shame and FOMO in their marketing, right? So they will use this idea that if you're going to miss out, it's going to close the doors. Okay, the doors are going to open again, whether they open next week or you just join the funnel again or they're going to open next year, but they will open again, right? Giving ourselves time to really think about investments is really important. I like to think about this in the sense, am I genuinely going to be upset if I didn't do this in a few weeks or am I just going to forget about it? Because so many times in the past, I would be, I would like drive myself crazy, worrying and concerned about this thing that I really wanted to invest in. All my friends were doing it. And then in like three weeks, I just didn't care, right? That's a surefire sign that we shouldn't be doing it. So they use a lot of FOMO. There's also going to be a lot of shame. You're going to be made to feel guilty for not investing. You're going to be told that this is it, right? There's a lot of marketing around. This is the only thing. I am the answer to your problems, there's going to be a lot of repetitive marketing. You're going to see the same things repeated over and over and over again. In some cases, this is okay, right? In some cases, this is okay. You have to, you have to filter and decide when is repetitive marketing okay and when is it actually bordering on bro marketing and manipulation. They're going to make big and false promises of success, right? Coming back to these like, I made my investment back in three weeks, right? These are big, big promises and not always true. You're going to see a lot of, if I can do it, so can you marketing. There's a lot of people talking about this at the moment. And I realized how much I used to use this in my own health and fitness business, because I genuinely at the time believed, oh, well, if I can do it, so can anyone. And then when people didn't get results, I'd be like, well, what's, I would then be like, what's wrong with me? Why am I not helping them? And as you can see, this is a really, this is a really difficult cycle because depending on the person you are, you're either going to blame the client or you're going to blame yourself. In my case, I blamed me. I was like, why aren't they getting results? What am I doing wrong? Oh my God, I'm, I'm a crap coach. It's like, no, 
It's actually because what works for you, I mean, at the time I was, what, 30? Maybe isn't going to work for somebody who's in their 50s or 60s. And all the understanding and knowledge is fine, but you're not with them. You can't, like, help them and, and you can't actually do the things for them. So they have to be able to do it for themselves. So the idea that if I can do it, so can you just isn't true. This is where we get into like meeting the people where they are and having to actually understand what that means in our businesses and actually understand what it means to meet somebody where they are. Because it might mean checking your own ego at the door and having to change the way you do things, right? Or learn a new way of doing things or referring them to somebody who can actually help them if you can't. You're going to see a lot of social proof and testimonials that have zero context. I saw a sales page the other day. I went into like a little, a little comparison spiral and I hadn't been there for a while. And I saw this advert on Instagram and I happened to recognize the person in the photo. And that is why I was like, oh, and I clicked on it to see what was going on. And instantly I was just like, Ugh. right? It was just very, it was very, it was driven by bro marketing. It was driven by money. There was shame and there was FOMO used and there was these big promises of success and making $250,000 in a quarter, all this kind of stuff. Complete turn off for me. Yeah, I couldn't let it go. It was really bugging me. One of the things I found as I scrolled through this page and the advert was for a challenge where you were going to learn how to build a courses business was all these like snapshots of comments from Facebook where they said, I have 815 people sign up for my challenge. I'm so excited. I might get to a thousand. And this was repetitive and they were all around a similar number, right? And they were all talking about, they had these signups for these things and they all had like over 800 signups. And I'm sitting there thinking, wow, that's a lot of signups, but there's no context here. Maybe these people have like 50,000 people on their email list. Maybe they have 50,000 followers on Instagram. I don't know. There was no context of who these people were, what kind of businesses they run, how big their audiences are. There was no context. And this is the this is the biggest thing. I've had this conversation a lot on Instagram with people talking about testimonials and social proof. How do we give context, right, as business owners? Right, what do we need to think about and consider? And this is really important because if you're giving zero context, sure, it might look glorious, it might look amazing, but it doesn't tell people the whole story. It leaves out significant parts of the process and strategy. And the final thing I wanted to mention was hidden prices. This is something I've talked about before, but if I go to a sales page and I have to really hunt for that price tag, or there is not a price tag and I have to jump through hoops to actually find out how much it's going to cost or even a starting price, then I'm already turned off. Now, there's a lot of debate about this, okay? Because in the service-based industry, especially if you have packages which are customized to your audience, there's a lot of, okay, but people don't read. And that's true, right? We, We tend to not read be starting from and we, you know, maybe we just see the price. I'm like, oh, that's that's within my budget. But this is really important because we can, as business owners, 
we can manage this. You don't have to, if you have customized packages, you can talk about the starting price or you can say typically from. You can also, you can talk about what those packages maybe include and you can price each section. Really have to find what works for you. But at this point, hiding your prices and making people book a call first so that you can waste their time and your own time only to tell them how much it costs and then for them to be really disappointed and to feel uncomfortable and you to have wasted this time. I just don't know what the point is, right? I get that there's people who want to do that because they believe that their sales tactics and their sales script is so solid that they will convert everybody or convert a high percentage. But then we're talking about bro marketing at that point. So it's really about deciding where you're going to be on that scale, right? Is there anything wrong with having an application form? Absolutely not. Pre-qualify people. But one of the ways in which you can pre-qualify these people is by asking them, what's your budget, right? What's your budget? Because if they come through and they say that their budget is, I don't know, less than $100 or less than $500 and you don't have anything that fits in, you know that you can just email them and say, hey, you know what? Here's the thing. My prices start at this. I I noticed your budget. So what I'm going to do is refer you to a couple of other people who might be, who might work, you know, it might work for you. Don't, don't doubt how important customer service is, even if you're not going to be taking on that person. It's really important. And being able to manage people's expectations from the get-go, really important. That's the difference between bro marketing and ethical and human first marketing, right? You're considering the human being. You're not just considering your bottom line. So we have to learn to recognize and remove bro marketing from our own businesses first. This is really important. We have to do the individual work behind the scenes because this is how we collectively change things. We can't just go out there and and like an Instagram post or share someone else's post or their thoughts. That's not going to change anything if you're not actively checking in with your own marketing and your own sales copy and your own funnels and launches. And I want to say that if you're doing the work and it still comes up, it's fine. This happens for me all the time. I will be working through something and all of a sudden I'll be like, oh, it has to look this way or I have to do it this way or I have to launch in this way. And hopefully I can catch myself and be like, do I? Why do I have to do it this way? Why am I, why am I killing myself to make it look this way? Or why am I telling myself the launch has to be this length of time why am I not able to do it on my own terms? And that's really what being an entrepreneur outlaw is, is learning how to do business on your own terms. Challenging the status quo, which in this case is bro marketing, and then doing things on your own terms. And I understand that sometimes it feels like bro marketing is the only solution because it seems to make so much money. But in my experience, it didn't make me a whole lot of money because I felt so uncomfortable and disgusting every time I tried to do any of these tactics. I mean, I was taught the stack method, which is a webinar method taught by a, um, a business owner. It's <laughs> taught by Russell Brunson. And he uses the stack method as a webinar method. And I watched this method used over and over and over again. And oh my God, I hated every single minute of it. Every time I tried to do it, I hated it so much. And, you know, it never worked because I was just so uncomfortable. And so, 
What I have found personally works for me is that when I'm really in the flow, when I'm really excited about a project I'm working on, when I can actively talk about it all the time and not get bored of myself and not get scared. I mean, sometimes I get scared, but not too scared. Then it, you know, I can still sell things and I can still make money and I can still engage with people and communicate and collaborate and connect and build a community. And I do it on my own terms. So you have to find what works for you. And as I said, I think sometimes for me, I feel like my threshold for bro marketing is is a lot lower. I feel like I don't have the capacity for it, but I feel like slowly I'm starting to go, okay, well, maybe this is okay. Maybe I don't want to do it, but maybe this is okay. And it's about understanding where in, in your business or where as a customer, or when you're investing in things, what are you going to stand for and what are you going to stand against? So... When we look at bro marketing, right, this is the status quo. So what is, what is, how do we challenge that? What is the anti-bro marketing? Well, it's being an entrepreneurial outlaw, doing things on your own terms. And we've talked about the anatomy of an entrepreneurial outlaw before on the show, but I wanted to go back over the six characteristics with you today. So the first one is having a really clear vision for your business. Okay. Having a really clear vision for what you want as a business owner. What do you want? What do you need? Really understanding and identifying what that looks like for your own business and your own lifestyle. Not worrying about everyone else, but worrying about your business. The second is identifying what you need from each area of your business. This is really important right? Really important because so often we don't think about what we need. We think about, oh, I want to dream big because that's what we've been told. And that's all great. I want everyone to dream big, but also understanding what we need and identifying that. What do we need from social media? What do I need from Instagram? This is something we've been discussing inside of the Outlaw Collective. And it has been fascinating because as we've really dove into this topic, we're like, oh, well, what do I need from my email marketing? And look at how I respond to email marketing in comparison to how I respond to Instagram. It's really, really fascinating. The third is getting curious. You probably heard me talk about curiosity so much on this podcast, and that is because I value curiosity so much. Getting curious in your business, asking yourself questions, no shame, right? Shame does not belong here. We're not allowed to be we're not allowed to shame ourselves into challenging the status quo. This is about coming from compassion and gentle, loving, because we need to be curious and ask ourselves questions about why do we feel this way, right? So when I have this moment of, oh my God, I have to do this in a certain way. It has to look this way. I'll be like, well, hang on. Why? Why do I believe this? What could the, uh, what could the alternative be? If I did it a different way, what would that look like? How would that feel, right? It's a lot about how we feel. It's a lot about our feelings. The fourth is driven by creativity and passion. This is the fourth characteristic of an entrepreneurial outlaw is creativity and passion, right? That's what we're driven by. So when we were talking about bro marketing, I said that it's often driven by money. Like that's the only thing. Well, often an entrepreneurial outlaw, in my experience, we're driven by creativity and passion. We're driven by doing the thing, helping people, helping the collective, right? Doing things better and differently, making sure that people are treated fairly, doing what is right, not what is easy. That is often where we stand. The fifth characteristic is intuition, right? Tapping into your intuition and your inner wisdom. This is a regular practice. 
And sometimes, and I'm going to raise my hand here, your intuition will speak up and you'll be like, no, <laughs> I'm just going to ignore you and I'm just going to do the thing that I'm, I'm thinking I should do. But let me tell you, your intuition is always right. Your intuition is always right. And it's really about recognizing and understanding how to hear your intuition, trusting your intuition, trusting yourself. Those are really big milestones being an entrepreneur outlaw. Because a lot of the time we're taught to know, like, and we're taught to emulate know, like, and trust in our businesses. But through that process, we forget to know, like, and trust ourselves. So we actually need to reverse that. Don't worry about getting your audience to know, like, and trust you. Actually learn to know, like, and trust yourself and your audience will come. The sixth characteristic is your core values. This is your anchor. This is like the belief system that you have about online business. It's probably rooted in how why you got started in your business. It's your probably your mission statement. It's everything you believe. The good part, right? It's all that goodness that you wanted in your business when you first started. And over time, I know that that can get a little bit lost and we can lose our way. We can lose our, our sight of why we started. But holding on to that anchor, really understanding what those values are, and also understanding that you can have many values, but you may have just a handful of values that you're really, really important or focusing on right now. And that's okay. But checking in with yourself on a regular basis is really going to help you to continue this work, to continue building an anti-bro marketing business right? An anti-bro marketing business doesn't mean less money. It doesn't mean less clients. It just means that you're doing things on your terms, right? You're running your business as an entrepreneurial outlaw and you're outlawing all of the crap and the bullshit that we see on a regular basis and you're avoiding that and you're learning how to create and deliver your own business in your own way, in a way that's ethical and human first and focused on your people, So I want to give you a little tip on how to get started with this, right? How to really start, because next week we're going to dive into a bit deeper, but today I want to give you a tip. Start by identifying what you need, okay? This is really important. In the Outlaw Journal, there is a whole section, there are 12 journaling prompts on your needs, identifying what you need. I give you prompts and questions and thoughts to help you identify what it is you need in your business. So if you haven't gotten out copy of the Outlaw Journal and you would like to start this practice, you can head to melanienights.com forward slash shop and click on the Outlaw Journal and you can buy a copy from there. But this is really important. Start by identifying what you need. If there was a framework and maybe one day they will be. <laughs> maybe there will be an outlaw framework. But if there was, this would be the first thing. Knowing what you need, critical. Because once you know what you need, well, that's half the battle. Now you can start developing all the other areas. And I found that the easiest way to do this is through self-inquiry. Journaling, right? Business journaling. This is what business journaling is. Understanding what we need from our business. Understanding how we feel about our business. Be curious about what you're feeling and experiencing right now and then where you want to move to, okay? So that's really important. Understand, be curious about what you're feeling and experiencing now and then where you want to move to in your business. And as I said, if you want to grab a copy of the Outlaw Journal, you can head to melanienights.com forward slash shop. You'll see all of the books um, that we have published so far 
And the Outlaw Journal is right there. So you can grab a copy and go through the 12 prompts. You can start with that section and you can go through those prompts and let them guide you. So that's today's episode. In our next episode, which is going to air on August 19th, because we are taking a little break between episodes at the moment in the summer, we're going to talk about five ways to grow a business without using bro marketing. Okay, so today we've talked about what bro marketing is, we've defined it, we've explored it, and I've given you a little action between now and then. Next episode, we're going to actually look at the ways you can grow your business without using it. And this is really important because I think there is a big myth that if you don't use these tactics, it means slow growth, it means no growth, it means less money, and it really doesn't, right? It really, really doesn't. I have seen big growth in my business without using bro marketing, and I've seen steady growth and maintained sustained growth in my business without using bro marketing. And I really believe that it is dependent on the season you are in your business, the season that you are experiencing. So we're going to talk about that next week. That's one of the steps. We're going to step, we're going to step into it. <laughs> we're going to dive into that next time on August 19th. So make sure that you go to your podcast player, subscribe to Entrepreneurial Outlaws so that we automatically download your podcast player when we when we air a new episode on August 19th and I hope you have a wonderful couple weeks in between time as always make sure you're following us on Instagram entrepreneurial underscore outlaws that is where we're posting all of our content in between And we're also exploring more and more topics that we're getting ready because in September, we will be back to weekly episodes. So we're going to be doing a little brand refresh for the podcast. And then we're celebrating our first year, October 1st, we will be one. (laughs) And I'm really excited. So we've got some really big, exciting plans for October. So make sure you're subscribed so that you don't miss a thing. And I will see you in a couple of weeks. Until next time, Outlaw. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of Entrepreneurial Outlaws. If you see yourself as an entrepreneurial outlaw and enjoyed this episode, would you do me a small favor? It would mean the absolute world to me if you could take a moment to subscribe to the show and leave a rating and review. By leaving a review, you are helping me to grow our outlaw community and together we can show other entrepreneurs that breaking the rules can actually be good for business. Don't forget, you can find the show notes for today's episode along with any of the links that I mentioned on my website at melanienights.com forward slash podcast. And if we're not already virtual besties, you can come and hang out with me on Instagram. I am the one with the country music playing, the lukewarm coffee in my hand, and I'm dishing the dough on how we can make entrepreneurship more inclusive and transparent. Plus, I'll probably send you some fun gifts. So until next time, outlaws. 